You're listening to High Shelf Gaming. In today's episode, Rich and I are going to revisit Board Game Geek Con, which is a con that happens twice a year. Rich goes every year. We've covered it in the past, a really fun convention for him and Ryan to go to. Today, it's just Rich and I talking about the convention, but we review something like eight games and talk about the changes that Board Game Geek Con is going through, or BGG Con as it's known. What those changes are, how those impacted the con, and Rich's take on the whole thing. So, let's get started. High Shelf Gaming is a podcast where David and Rich discuss tabletop gaming. Everything from board games and role-playing games to gaming conventions. They provide reviews, strategies, tips, and house rules to enhance your gaming and convention-going experience. Hey everyone, David here with High Shelf Gaming, and as always, I am joined by the festive Rich. Dude, how did you know I'm a Festivus member? <laughs> You're too festive. I celebrate every year. Festivus every year. I get my pole out, <laughs> I, I erect it, and yeah. I, I tie things to my pole, and right, then yeah. I go around in circles and I celebrate Festivus every year. I did yeah. not know you knew yeah, that do about you also- me. I, you know, I think I saw a picture once that you were tagged in, not one that you took. But oh, you it was at the Festivus Rally. Was, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was like, that that's rich right there. You saw me in my Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> that's right. That's right. At I Festivus. run around the Festivus tree because <laughs> that is the best way to start the holidays. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm God, indeed, I wonder how many indeed. kids really get Festivus, though, because that is I, totally a Seinfeld thing. And like, I yeah. don't think my daughters ever really watched Seinfeld. Yeah, you know, and now he has his show, uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. Oh yeah, and it's a funny show. But I think I think that people that tune in, they're like, "Oh, where's Jay Leno? I want to see Jay Leno." Yeah, boomers. Yeah, exactly. It's like I don't know. I don't think it connects with the Utes, and and I don't think think that's his point. That's not his point. You know, he doesn't care. He's making it for Gen X, and he's making it for Boomer. Yeah, yeah. He's he's got all the money he needs. He's just doing this for. Give him something to do. I, th- I, I really think the show is a hobby for him. <laughs> he gets to talk to his friends and they pay him to do it. He's like, this is fucking great. I'm Jerry oh Seinfeld. Goodness. Yes, I'm just going to take advantage of this. I mean, how much money does that He's guy got? I mean, watch him start He's doing a podcast it for the free coffee. That's and get like millions of people like in one minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat, he'd get millions of people. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I'm over here scratching no. for one new listener. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking but at Seven hey, Eleven every- going. Hey, do you play games, bro? <laughs> my dude, <laughs> my dude, you play games? Here's a sticker. Here's I got a sticker. the tea. Here's I got the tea on this episode, bro. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, so you, my friend, like over a month ago now, I think you were at a great convention, a tradition for you and your crew. Every year. You know, we could totally play that though, Dave. We can pretend like we recorded this the day after because it is magical. <laughs> and we can just be like, yeah, I was there yesterday. But yeah, no, it was like a month ago. So Ryan um, yeah. has been coming down. Yeah. And um, yeah. it's one of those times of years that he gets to visit and we get to have one-on-one time. I may have talked about this on the podcast already. He is he is right there up there as like one of my oldest friends. Yeah. 19 something years, I think. So yeah, Ryan comes down and we really enjoy it. Longtime friend. We have a great time and it's really a reason for us to game almost as much as we can in a couple days. 
And unlike yeah. Gen Con or Origins, you know, there's there's some beer involved. I had a few Blood and Honeys. I had a few revolvers sure. while he was here. Sure. But our main item is what games have you collected over the yeah. year that we can play here? And then he always packs a few up so he can bring yeah. them down. And I got a big one I need to talk about later that Ooh. he really effed me over. I am so <laughs> on this game. It's like, why did you introduce this to me, dude? That is awesome. And then we like to go play new things. And we like to go to the Proto Alley. And, you know, with that game library at BGG Con. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't even tell you the number. I know we did this last year. And it is it is yards and yard. I mean, you know those, those um, baker shelves that are, what, eight feet tall or something? Oh, yeah. Or like a, like a garage shelving system yeah. that you buy at Home Depot. It's Four like foot huge. by eight foot with all the shelves, yeah. right? They're metal. Yeah. yeah. They have wheels. Yeah. Dude, they got like 28 of those just packed full of games. And then they have a whole nother section with all the new games that are new that year. So, Oh, wow. Um, so they separate the brand new games yes. from all the... Oh, that's so neat. I yes. didn't even realize that. They make like a hot spot. So, so you so, can go right yeah, to the hot spot. We've, we've talked about Board Game Geek Con a few times. Just so everybody knows, Board Game Geek Con is associated with BoardGameGeek.com, the website. Great website. And they run... Two conventions a year and two gaming cruises a year. All of them sound super fun. And what I like about it, just in hearing you talk about it, Rich, is that it's it's a gaming con. It's not a con with a bunch of gaming manufacturers and there's a big spectacle and you're doing all this other stuff. No, the only thing to do there is play games. That's and it. so that's what you do. You just play games because yeah. there's nothing else to do. Really? No other real distractions. <laughs> you know, the, the dealer hall that. does the eight to five kind of thing. Yeah. And they had another, they had a new, you know, they moved to a new location this year. Right. Cause they used to be at the airport in DFW right. and now they're like downtown Dallas. Right. Right. Right there near West End. Yeah. Right there near okay, uh, yeah. Dealey Plaza. Um, for those yeah. who are um, from Dallas and from those that follow JFK assassination theories, movies, whatever, uh, Dealey right. Plaza in the sixth floor school book depository. That's, oh yeah. Now yeah. it's a museum, but it was right. at the or time school was a school book book something or other. Yeah. Yeah. It was a school book depository. Yeah. Is it a depository? I don't know. It's where books were. And yeah. then <laughs> that's also and, where and an assassin. Yeah. So you're, you're right there as we kind of talk about days, we'll kind of go through all that too. Cause there are some boons to where they're at yeah. and there's also some cons to where they're at. So Ryan gets down. I usually uh, pick them up from the airport. We kind of just headed right over and got our badges. As always, they have some great little giveaways when you get there. You get That's signed cool. up. That's cool that the a, con still does giveaways. Yeah. And there's a, you just grab the games that are available for you to have as an attendee and you get a cup, you get a little pint glass, you know what I mean? And every year it has a neat little BGG so cool. kind of thing going on it. This was the year I think they had their new logo. So there was a lot of sales oh, of their yeah. uh, new merch. That has kind of that, and I'm going to, I'm going to maybe mess this up. I think it's kind of orange and black. Is that, I think it's orange and black or something like that. It's orange and blue. Okay. Orange and blue. See, I knew yeah. I messed that up. No, no, it's all good, man. Like that's, nobody expects you to get, get every color right. That'd be, yes. that'd be strange. I appreciate that. I was very helpful um, in Proto Alley. We can talk about that too. Oh, you know, it's kind of a purple. It's kind of a orange and purple. I'm sorry. I said blue. Really. It's really an orange and black. But just... yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the thing is BGG just reorganized or reskinned their site. Right. It's still very much the same. And BoardGameGeek.com is a very feature rich site is how I'm going to say that. Um, it also means that finding what you need can be a little difficult. So 
it's a it's a super powerful site. Every really serious board gamer has probably spent a lot of time on BoardGameGeek.com. Oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. it is an awesome site. But as a new person coming to the site, don't feel bad if you get overwhelmed and can't even find that there is a convention because sometimes it's not even on the main page. And let's be honest, it's even a really when you cool do find it, it's a little difficult because they're a little bit more old school, like mm. the old forum days, the old Usenet days, oh, yeah. the way they post data yeah. is a little different yeah. than I think a lot of websites go for nowadays. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about how even getting to Board Game Geek con like what is the you have to buy a ticket but to get to the ticket purchase you need to like find the thread in their site where they're posting about the tickets right you're nailing exactly what i was referring to you you just hit the nail on the head that you can search for it and find it and then you got to find like the the page that says it's coming up and find the registration link and again you know you go to other cons i mean let's let's you know pack south right you want to go to Pack South? You go to the page. There's a big ass button that says <laughs> register here. It's like, you do not miss this shit. It is, right. we want you to click on it. And getting to right. BGGCon nah, it kind of feels like a little bit of an insider game. You know what I mean? You got to yeah, know. Yeah, you got to want it. Yeah, you yeah, got to want it. Yeah. You got to know it. And yeah. um, even after I get registered, I go back and I try and find out how I registered again. It's always it's always a crapshoot for me. Um, thank God they send emails with links in them. And that's what oh, usually that's good. saves me. <laughs> Super helpful. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but you guys get there. Ryan shows up into town. Yes. Uh, and Ryan flies in, I assume, because yes. he's coming from not Texas. And DFW is a giant airport so for anybody who hasn't been flown into DFW. It is a, it's as big as Manhattan. Wow. But I know yeah. how to navigate it well because I'm a DFWite. So I think I went to the wrong gate because I read the ticket <laughs> wrong. It's like, Jesus, Rich. It's like, you're at this gate, right? And he goes, no, that's the one I left from in Dulles. I'm at this gate, Rich. All right. See you in 10 minutes. Luckily, that was probably enough time for him to get his bags and stuff. And then we, uh, of course, I'm on a work call while I'm waiting to get him. And so he's oh like God, trying to find me and we're call. texting and he's Folks, like, I kid you not. He's on a work call right now while we're doing this podcast. He's also on a work call. Like I kid you not. Just a little bit. And <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm texting him and he hasn't seen my new truck yet. So I'm in my new truck paid for with podcast dollars. What's up? Whoa. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a Tonka. No, it's that's kidding. It's not paid for with podcast. It's paid for with my blood and sweat. So yes. yeah, he found the truck. We get loaded up and we head downtown, man. Old BGG Con did not have very much walking. Does new BGG Con, because it's downtown, have a lot more walking? It's more spread out. So we'll, we'll, we got to sprinkle okay. on some goods and bads, right? Yeah. So it's more spread out in the convention center, right? Or in the um, Hyatt. It's, there's stuff on the top floor. There's stuff on the bottom floor. There's the whole place where everybody goes on the top floor. You know, they didn't have, like in the other one, where you could go to all the different floors of the hotel and go to the two conference rooms per floors to have small breakout areas to play games. You had the main hall. And you had a little area um, that was outside the main hall that was set up. And we played in both throughout the course of the convention. But I feel like it didn't have as many smaller secluded areas. Like uh, I kind of liked how you could go to floor eight and hit one of the two conference rooms on floor eight. And you were, you know, in a space where there were other gamers and you're in a quieter It was just quieter. The introvert part of me really liked that aspect of the other place that there were some, I'm going to call them, there were just quieter spaces, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I kind of wonder if sometimes, because those hotels have 
other meeting rooms. They have other spaces. I wonder if BGG Con uh, didn't book them or maybe they were already booked for other mm-hmm. events or what. But uh, yeah, I do like the idea of I picked up a game, me and my me and my friends. We want to go to a quieter room right. to learn how to play the game. And we really don't want a lot of strangers walking by, you right. know, just because we don't want we don't like that. So I, I hope that they get the smaller rooms again. We'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, maybe I should write a letter to them about some of these things that I'm about to bring up. You know, uh, space-wise. Um, well, this is the letter. They're going to listen to this. We know oh, of that. Course, and yes. uh, this, this, this is the letter because everybody listens to this show. This is the the letter to BGGCon. Um, please change things. And I'm trying not to be a gatekeeper, too. You know how things change and people are like, oh, I liked it back in the day when I was a boomer. And, you know, Wait, I'm trying not to be that way, right? Um, Food-wise, yeah. go on. Yeah, I was going to say, like, change. Like, I get why they moved out of the DFW into downtown Dallas. Because when all the anime cons I ever went to moved out of the DFW airport into downtown Dallas, that gave them the room to grow so much better. Yeah, than what they could get. Good thing either. Oh, really? Yeah. You like it small? I, I, um, wow. We'll we'll get in. Let me, let me go to food first, right? Let me go to food. Okay. Of course, they had food available on site. It actually looked really good. They actually, the hotel looks like they did a really good job on the food. You know, there was some chili thing one time. Of course, there's hot dogs. Of course, there's, you know, the hamburgers. (laughs) But the buffet line actually looked pretty tasty. But are they catering food? They're bringing food in and catering it for you guys? It was the hotel's catering. Okay, yeah, so they that's just really set cool, up though, that long line that you get in and you get your food. And I say long, pff, 10 people, right? Not yeah, long, yeah. bad at all. Uh, but Ryan's in from out of town and he really likes barbecue. So it was like, we're going to Sonny Brian's. We're going here. We're going there. You know, um, we yeah. had places that were off site that we wanted to go eat. And some of those, yeah. because it's right by West End, I mean, dude, five minute walk. You yeah. know, we're at Sunny Brian's and we're at the West End yeah. Sunny Brian's, which is really cool. And, yeah, uh, you know, cool you're going to have a beer, sure. you're able to have some barbecue and then go back. So that was neat. You did not have that type of accessibility when you were at DFW. And, and I want to say that Dallas is really not much of a walking city. When Compared to where I am now, where I live now is a walking town. Dallas has sidewalks. Yeah, but they're not super wide and no. it's not like no. the anticipation that everybody lives downtown and, and walks around downtown. No. So it's good that they're close to the West End because then you can get food relatively easily. If you were in, say, another neighborhood within Dallas, you may not have had that option. So really smart of them to get those specific hotels for the local area food. But we're there to play games. Right. And the first thing we do is hit the room and we grab a game called uh, Masmora. Dungeons of Arcadia. Have you ever heard of this little bad boy? No, I haven't. Okay. Kind of think D&D board game, right? Okay. Um, sure. sure. It's a dungeon crawl. Yep. The tiles that come out has a little bit of a D&D um, anime type of feel with the characters that you have. Oh, cool. And you have cards that'll show you your powers. And as you gain experience, you upgrade those cards to get more powers and you work your way to the final room with the boss. Very simple, little bit of a dice rolling slash card usage. Cooperative um, sounds like cooperative, you and the which, other players are working together. Okay. Yes, which is always nice when you do one of these things. I, I always feel cooperative games are a great way to go. You know, it was only yeah. us two. No one really joined us. You know, we sat down by some people and they were doing their thing. We did our thing. 
But we had a good time, and uh, that's kind of how we broke things in. It gave us a chance to get into the main room, kind of play a game, and then, you know, that was the end of the first day. You know, I picked them up from the airport late in the day, so we got registered. We got our two free games. Uh, Maybe it was three, but, oh, what was the one I liked? First Martian? First... Oh, First Martians. It is called First Martians. Complex. Neat. It has a, a, you know, a lot of mechanics to it. It has a lot of uh, fun on, you know, the idea that you're playing against an adventure, but we played that later in the evening. But when we got back to the apartment, we played uh, some sports dice games that he picked up on a trade. So he kind of oh, did one of his math trades, which if you're into this BGG yes. thing... That is a whole nother reason to go to these cons or go to other major cons because of the math trade. I was about to say the the BGG con math trade and and flea market and all that stuff. How are you on the math trade? Do you know that pretty well? So I I learned from Ryan explaining it to us last time. And then I saw it go down at PAX Unplugged where, you know, there's a little nook where everybody just gets together with the mass trade and they find each other and they swap items. And, you know, it's like a, it's like a, Oh, what is the, it's not a pop-up because a pop-up store is a thing, but right. like, you know, a flash mob, um, it's like a flash, a flash mob. mob. Great way of, to of, put of, it. It is a ma- math flash mob. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of a sudden somebody shows up with a sign, you know, math trade is here and people are swapping items and then everybody leaves <laughs> with their newfound loot. So we played this sports dice game he had, little pressure luck dice roller, and we had a good time. And then he busted out, and I'm looking right now in the rules because I've gone now and bought the box game for this. He yes. busted out. Have you ever heard of Looney Labs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't played Looney Labs, but I've seen it. There, there's a game they, they do called Pyramid Arcade where you get this box with these little pyramids in it, and they have worked out games for Pyramids Arcades for all these, for all these little pyramids. And they're hmm. nesting pyramids, so there's a small, medium, large. And they've worked okay. out all these 25 games that come with these pyramids that you can play with them. One of them is called Homeworld. That's cool. That's Holy cool. shit, bro. It's like 3D chess, and it has this great strategery element that the colors of the pyramids... Um, affect what those pyramids do and they can, and I'm going to get really kind of talking about it and everyone's going to be like, what the F is Rich talking about? The pyramids, if you turn them on their side, they're ships. If you turn them straight up, they're home worlds. And what you're trying to do is destroy the other side of the team by getting rid of their home world because everyone builds one home world and then you start going out into space. Right. And so it's 3D that space is just out there. It's not really like there's an order on the way you build. It's just you build and you build home worlds. And they have a little system of that, you know, if you're on one side, you keep all your guys on the left. And if you're on one side, you keep all your guys on the right. That way you can keep track Hmm. of who has what. But, you know, there's green ones for growing, there's blue blue ones for growing, yellow for trading, green for this, red for attacking. Um, Of course, I had to constantly go, okay, is this one red? Or is this one? Green? Oh yeah, um, yeah. Because so, I imagine the cones are the same shape. They're not doing right. anything to change their their appearance. It's just different color plastic, which is tough for colorblind. Yes, and it's a translucent plastic, oh, so it's wow. even worse. So I bought oh, the man. game, and I've I had my daughter pull out the ones, and I'm actually going to spray them 
I'm going to sit down and, and give them a, a Krylon red and a Krylon green and look for two that really stand out for me so I can have that game too. But we played it the first night and then we played it the second and then we played it the third and then we, I was so, I'm wow. hooked on this game. I've been, I'm watching Looney wow. Labs videos on how to play Homeworld wow. um, because it is such an interesting game. And I guess there's a point that if you get good enough, you can challenge Andrew, Andrew Looney to a game of Homeworlds. And if you win, hey. you get like a autograph or something. You know what I mean? It's just hey, that's he's cool. really good at the game himself. That's cool. So and, so you've been playing it a ton then, it sounds like. Yeah, I've been watching online. I haven't played enough since Ryan left. But when we go to okay. Origins, I'm bringing my set and we're playing. Oh, because yeah. Oh, yeah. it was that sounds great. Cool. By the third night, I started to get the strategery and we were having a lot of fun. That's so cool. Like I remember seeing the the little pyramids and thinking that's kind of strange. And it's it's cool that they're like, oh, well, you know, based on the orientation of the pyramid or ba- based on how you're using it, it does these different things. And here's this whole game concept around just just simple tools that that you get. That is such a neat way of doing it. I love it. It was very simple tools with complex rules. Uh, mm-hmm. We even we played an, um, another version of the one of the games where you used a deck of cards. And you use the pyramids to move and place new cards and kind of like a tarot, tarot, tarot deck, tarot deck, kind of like a tarot deck. The cards themselves had properties too. So it was, they've done some really good stuff. That's cool. Big shout out. Hopefully I'll be bringing it to all our cons that we get together with. So maybe we can have a quick game. And if anybody sees me and says, let's play home worlds, I'm down. I'm down to clown, man. It is, uh, it's, it's awesomely complex and uh, we had a great time with it. So you said it was 3D. Is the table the space or is there something that's helping you figure out actual distance? Between I'm going to say it is the table is the space. And I shouldn't have used 3D because you don't go up or down, right? But you don't go okay. in linear. Okay. So you don't have to build your next home world in a certain way directly in front of you. And the Neat. next one directly Neat. in front of you. Neat. You just plop down a new home world and you move your ship to it. And if you want Neat. to move to their okay. home world, you just move your ship to it. There's some rules okay. about going from home worlds to home worlds. You can't go to two of the same size. You got to go either go up or down. So it does okay. create a little bit of a ladder in the sense of how that works. Beautiful. It was beautiful. I can't tell everybody cool. enough. Home worlds, Looney Labs. I bought the I bought the Pyramid Arcade box. I mean, it comes with so much for whatever fifty bucks. It was it was a great deal. Um, That's awesome. Next That's day awesome. we got down there for the flea market. Um, I was a oh, little, yeah. it was, it was bigger this year. It had I'm more sure. room this year. It had I'm space. Sure. It had more dealers this year. It was sure. really well done. So moving to the new location gave them more space and you could actually do things because it's, yeah, it's like a pop-up that little flea market's only like an hour and it's a pop-up the doors yeah, open and, I, and you're done. And I remember t- last year you were talking about how it was like wall to wall people. Oh. Yes. And you were like, hey, I started to freak out a little. Yeah. And I had to leave. This year, was it just packed or was it better? I'm going to say more people probably, but because of the layout and the spacing between rows, completely acceptable. It was a lot tighter than an exhibit hall, but it was definitely a lot better. So that was a big kudos on what changed as they moved into this new location. They gave that space more room. I'm not too sure they had more dealers. You know, I was looking for some D&D stuff. I really didn't see any D&D stuff. There weren't any new games I was looking for or old games. Sure. It's, it's just what you get, right? It's like yeah. flea market. Some guy shows up and they've got a bunch of stuff for a D&D board game. And they've got a bunch of stuff for old Pokemon cards, or they've got a bunch of stuff for card games that don't exist anymore, like the Star Trek card game or whatever. Yes. I bought a Richard Garfield game 
spy net or spy something or other, just a little, it's all packaged inside the same, you know, box. And it's kind of a, just a mm. card game. Uh, we played that then that night. That was a good time. We had a, we had a good time playing that game. Um, it is called spy net. Good. I got that right. Yay. You know, and Richard Garfield folks, he's so prolific. <laughs> Oh my God. In the game design space. So I completely understand saying, oh, this is a Richard Garfield game. I'm just going to pick it up because it's probably going to be pretty damn good. I mean, the guy who like helped make Magic the Gathering happened and Keyforge and all these other card games. This card game is probably pretty damn awesome. I think I got it for under $5. Yes. I mean, and it was used, (laughs) but it looked brand new. You know what I mean? And and how can you go wrong for anything under $5? And yeah, we got to play it. We then did the exhibit hall. And, uh, oh, we tried to get Wingspan. So that seemed to be a big one that we couldn't get yeah. this year. Just like the year before, yeah. we couldn't get too many bones. Oh, We yeah, could not no. get Wingspan. It was hard wingspan to get our hands still- on. still... Super tough to get your hands on. Super tough to get your hands on that game. Yeah. We saw people playing it and we checked to see if they'd started and if they were taking players. But every time we saw it, it was full. Everybody was playing and, you know, we came by and looked at a few things and, um, you know, just chatted about the game with people as as we do. And, you know, okay, so I want to mention something about Wingspan real quick. I've seen on the forum some people will say, oh, they're... They're not producing enough to like drive up the whatever. And no, 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 no. They're making as many as they can, right? It's just right. factories are limited in what they can out- output because they've got other games to make. They've got other things to make. Not even games. They're making little wooden dollhouse things for some other industry completely. You know, I mean, yeah. these factories aren't completely dedicated to wingspan or whatever. So they order a run and, you know, those runs run out. And then they use that money to order the next run. You and hit the where on. I was going. It's yeah. not like they have unlimited funds to say, give me this many. And, it's, right. it, and it floods the market. They only have enough to get what they get. You know, yeah. um, oh, Dragon Dice is kind of like that too. It's a, oh, it's yeah. a, it's a company that you know they they're they're making a game, and when they yep. order things, they can only order what they can order. And yeah. sometimes they run out of stock, and they got to wait till they have enough funds to do another run. Yeah, um, because of minimums and pricing. But right, and um, all the while they're spending money on keeping the lights on, right? Yes. So yeah, they gotta they gotta keep making more and more just to stay on it, and so like I really want to get a hold of Wingspan, but I get it like it's just super tough to get your hands on. There was um, so we did the exhibit hall. They ran a game this year that they hid QR codes on all the rows, and oh. you would take your phone with the app from them, and you would scan mm-hmm. the QR codes, and you would learn the letters to a puzzle during this process. And then once you scanned them all, you could go over to the registration desk and get entered for a special drawing. So that was neat. It gave you a reason to walk the aisles and pay attention to what was going on. Um, and look for those hidden QR codes. And there was a dealer hall only game. Yep. Neat. Only in the dealer hall. So that was new. I didn't see that last year. If I'm wrong, someone just correct us in the comments. Um, But it it made it to where, yeah, we walked a couple rows twice because we were like, we're missing one or two. Um, A little bit of talking to people. And And um, how is the dealer hall compared to, say, Origins or some of the other conventions we've talked about? So small. Quarter, under a quarter compared to those. Um, But, you know, they're all board game folks and they're all people there that are focused on that. You know, I didn't see a lot of the same ones from the year before. So I think that people look at how they want to um, use their budgets and come to that con. And there's probably limited spacing. It probably sells out quick. Right. We did see a rom-com game. So (laughs) rom-com for all the uninitiated is romantic comedy. So these guys had a huge booth 
And um, it was definitely an appeal to uh, lighter side of gaming and also guys and girls. You know, so it's kind the of the called? idea that you play together. You know what I mean? It's that you can tell, you know, all their literatures, uh, male, female kind of, you know, stuff on it. But right. it was that idea that that's what they're uh, playing to is romantic comedies. Fog of Love was the name of that. We got a yeah. little bit of a rundown on it, but we didn't play it. Um, looked interesting. Looked so like it had a lot of good pieces we, to it. When we do our PAX Unplugged rundown, we'll talk about Fog of Love. because. <gasps> Uh, some of the people that I went to PAX Unplugged with got to play it. And yeah, I'll, we'll talk more. We'll in depth talk about, about that more yeah. then because I had yeah. some walkaway thoughts that I'm going to hold on to now. Yeah. Yeah. And we're yeah, gonna, yeah. we'll deal with that a little bit later. So yes, cool. that's a very interesting thing. I'm glad you saw it also. Um, yeah. That is funny. We go to different places and we come back <laughs> with some of the same notes. Yeah. They had a really big booth at uh, PAX Unplugged too. So they're really pushing their game hard. Yes, they are. And they're, you know, marketing is what makes it happen. But anyways, Shobu was another game that we actually sat down and played. And it's S-H-O-B-U. And you okay. basically have, you could make this game at home. You could get 16 dark stones and you could get 16 okay. light stones, right? Light and black. Sure. sure. Light side, yeah. dark side. Easy peasy. I can, go, I can go pick them up outside right now. That's right. And then you need four boards. And the boards are basically four by four. So okay. four, four by four sections. And mm -hmm. what's beautiful about this game is you're knocking players off the boards, but you're moving pieces oh. on one board and then it's mirror board moves. Whoa. Oh, that's cool. So you're moving and you're moving then another piece and your players moving and they're moving another piece and you're trying to knock a pieces off the board. You know, it had a kind of a, quantum mechanics kind of feel to it that you're you're playing this like two hands at once so the decision yeah. you make affects another board and then your player is also working around those so you don't want to leave yourself open for attack while trying to attack but you got to make a move and so sometimes you got to move pieces in a spot where you don't want to move them to get another piece on another oh. board to move properly so it was it was kind of neat. I, I thought that was a, a neat concept. I'm not That's too sure a, if it yeah. has anything in the you know background of 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 games. Is, is it a two player only game? Yes, two player only. Okay. That's all. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I couldn't imagine that getting much bigger than that because I definitely see the appeal of all right. I have to think about two separate boards and. That's that's a really cool concept. I, I I think there'd be a lot of time spent just kind of figuring out. All right, if I do this, <laughs> yes. and then over there, this other thing is going to happen. Let's reevaluate. I love that. That's really cool. And then we and, made and our, you said it's really simple. It's, well, you're just super simple. These, you're moving easy these to stones learn, around. hard no to go. master. You know what I mean? One of those statements. God, you know what I mean? Yeah. Easy to learn, hard to master. Yeah. You know, not a ton of rules, but a lot of strategy involved. Just like we played later that night, that Intelli game that I like, mm -hmm. where it's yeah. the white hacker versus the black hacker, and you're trying to take over yeah. the squares. Of course, you know, Ryan hadn't played it before, so the first game I just smoke him, and I beat him like a drum. <laughs> It was just, you know, but again, it's the first game, you know, uh -huh. you always lose the first game. You just got to admit it's just if the, if the other person knows and you don't know, you're just going to get smacked. Yep. And, you know, I took advantage yep. of it completely and just smacked them. Um, but we played that <laughs> then, a couple more the next times time throughout the weekend. <laughs> yeah. And of course, uh, the last game got cutthroat. And I think he, he I think Ooh. he definitely won the last two games. So out of a nice. two out of three or yeah, three out of games, I think he won two out of three. That's so cool. he's good. 
you know he he knows his games. We then made it to Proto Alley, one of our favorite things to go do yeah. at BGG Con. Um, yeah. And when we showed up, it was a little light. There weren't a ton of games in there. So I kind of here's the thing I I want to get a wrap on because. There is a big Proto Alley at other conventions, too. And I kind of wonder if the Proto Alley concept is getting diluted. <gasps> you know, like if there's just so many conventions for people to bring their prototype game to now, if it's tough for them to say, yeah, BGG Con or PAX Unplugged or, or you know, even Gen Con might not be the right convention for them to bring their game to. I wonder if there's just some, you know, fewer too many conventions for them to go at, or maybe this is a sign there's fewer games coming out, you know, cause that was always the that thing is like, definitely be, you need lots of proto alley in order to feed the funnel of games. And if right. there's not as many games going into proto alley, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe that means something about the industry. And that's where we found zoology last year. Yeah. Uh, that was a friend of Daniel. Shed. Yeah. It was one of those that we picked up and kickstarted. It's on its way. I'll be getting it very soon. Zoology oh, was wait. really neat. So we saw it there last year. This year, we immediately saw a game called, oh, I'm going to screw this up. Hold on. Let me look it up, guys. I got to look at my notes here. Cretaceous Rails. So imagine okay. trains. Yeah. Imagine dinosaurs. <laughs> okay. And imagine Jurassic Park kind of sightseeing. That yeah. is the way this game was. This guy had like no desire to kickstart it. He's like, oh, I'm just kind of putting this together. I don't know if I'm going to kickstart it or not, but I'm just oh, making wow. this game. And it was really fun. You you kind of everybody, it was a four-player game. Well, I guess two to four. Everybody kind of runs their own Jurassic sightseeing park. And so you take your train out to go okay. see dinosaurs. And there's a couple ways to play the game. And I did one of those mechanic things that I saw. I won the game. I saw <gasps> something. And I was like, I'm not going to F with collecting cards. I'm not going to F with doing that. I'm going to get the dinosaurs and I'm going to move the dinosaur value track up. And that's all I'm going to focus on. And of course I won. And then that became a conversation then between everybody and the, and the designer about, Hey, why do you got all these other mechanics in here? This dude just came in and did one thing and won the game. Yeah. <laughs> so and I he's like, and he's like, yeah, you guys, this, I don't want to kickstart it because this is way too much. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of little rules to it, um, but it was really fun to play. Everybody was engaged because of the way the other players' turns can affect you. Um, you pay attention and that is a big key in games. You know, I yeah. love Firefly, the board game, but sure. when you go to play your turn, other people could go get a damn coffee. Well, they, you they know, don't care when like you're playing your turn. We talk about some other games like Roll for the Galaxy where you're playing with other people, but they're right. kind of not there, too. Like, you can just be playing your game on your own. And yes. I think that, you know, a game where my actions impact you, your actions impact me, and there's multiple players at the table, like, that is a good game. That's the kind of game I want to be playing because I want to stay engaged and I want, like, knowing what happened last turn to matter. And that, that made a big difference, and I think it does. I also, I think I'm going to start whoring myself out, man. I have not said colorblind as much as I have in this past two years. And after we played Cretaceous Rails, we then walked around and looked at other people's games. And yeah. Ryan and I are looking at people playing and talking. And I'm like, yeah, I, dude, I don't see that. I don't, you know. And then someone's like, what do you mean you don't see? And it's like, yeah, I just don't, I don't see your colors. They're, they're too close. This is all kind of meshing. And another spot, yeah. they were like, what do you think of these colors? Because they heard us talking at the other oh, table. really? And I was like, yeah, this one's this color. And they were like, okay, what do you think these colors are? And I'm, and I said, okay, now uh -huh. I'm about to just guess. 
there's no, I have I'm I'm looking at that scene multiple ideas and I'm just gonna guess that's green, Dude. and they were like, well, it's not. And it was like, so it was those. And then of course, Ryan remembered how you brought up the filters. Yeah. And so he talked to them about in uh, Photoshop, you can bring mm-hmm. things in and you can apply these colorblind filters to yeah. see how your materials work. And I thought, wow, that, that was really neat. So Dude. we spent a little time in Proto Alley, just That's giving cool. some critique of what they were doing you, with their you game were like, colors. You were like consulting for them. That's right. Because they were like, whoa, whoa, out, whoa, man. you, you're, you you're you're you see something that i don't see and i need you to t- you need to share this with me because it's yes. important i want my game to be accessible to you that is so cool man i love that they like stopped you like well no i want to i want my game to be accessible to you so help me understand what you yeah. see and that was us having a conversation so awesome. with another developer that led to another developer and then a third one and we finally did see wingspan and by the way i don't think those colors matter in wingspan do they I don't think so. Yeah, I think all the pieces are different, like shapes and symbols and all that right. kind of stuff. Because I remember thinking about the eggs and, and someone yeah. said, none of the colors matter. And I was like, sweet. But we still didn't get to play it. Yeah. We kept trying to play it, We but we just <laughs> didn't get a chance to. I'm going to get to play Wingspan oh, man. soon. Um, I you know what we need it. to do? We need to, go ki- we need to go kidnap Brent and just like, hey, bring your Wingspan and like go play Wingspan with Brent. Because he, he got it at KublaCon. And uh, he's the only person I know who has Wingspan. I guess we could go on Amazon or eBay and see if we could buy it for nah, whatever dollars. That's not fun. I just want to kidnap my friend. That's a good idea. We should make Brent do that. <laughs> Brent, you're going to be forced to do that. That's right. Bring that's it to right. Gen Con. And then we went back to the house at some point and we played a one deck dungeon game he had. It wasn't one deck dungeon. I mm. don't have the name in my notes. I'm a jerk. But it was, again, this whole other idea that we're playing against each other or no, we were doing a dungeon together cooperatively oh, with cool. card based events and um, against the cards, those, basically dude. against the deck. Yeah, yeah, like One Deck Dungeon yeah. or any of those. I really enjoy those games. The yeah, way you just, just so sit good. down and have a little bit of fun. Uh, a little bit of push your di- luck on the dice, a little bit of playing along those lines. We played a game called Lucidity. And it's this bad dream game where it's this <laughs> uh, like lucid dreaming yeah okay of like demons and getting your dreams and making them nightmares and whoever can collect Ooh. the most nightmares wins and you can steal nightmares <gasps> it was a lot of fun we played it as a two player but i could see the three or four player being much better it, it, is it kind of like a trick-taking game where like you're putting nightmares out in front of you and other people are taking them or you're boosting nightmares that you're kind of reaching thing? Like, in what's... a bag and pulling out colored oh. gems Oh, interesting. And the colored gems match dream types and they have different levels of changing. So in other words, if you get two yellows and two blues, you can use the blues. And if you get three blues, uh uh-oh, that's a problem. Now you got an issue with your card. So you're trying to randomly pull the right gems and then randomly and then assign those gems. And as long at the beginning of the game, it's really easy because you're assigning and there's lots of space as the game's going along and you pull a whole handful of yellow. Well, you're kind of screwed. You're about to mess your character up and the other person's going to be able to take an advantage of that. Um, And some of the gems let you steal. Some of the gems let you discard, you know, so it's whole idea of balancing this random pull to play your card and eventually get enough nightmares to win the game. What's that called again? Lucidity. And Ryan mentioned there was a sister game of it that um, plays a little bit better that wasn't as a little more family friendly. This game did not look family friendly. You you know sure. Death Note? 
Yeah. You know Death Note. I think everybody knows Death yeah. Note, right? Yeah, you know that anime. guy on yeah. Death Note with the crazy face and all the teeth yeah. and all that, the bad guy? Uh-huh. Imagine yeah. all the cards look like that. Oh. And so it just has okay. this evil appearance to it. Yeah. Which oh, is, you know, I can almost, oh, that'd be so cool just to get for the card art. Like, that's one thing that I struggle with sometimes of finding, like, really good art for for bad guys or for, like, yeah. demon-looking things and that kind of stuff. I would, I would almost pick up that game just for just for some demon art that was, like, really proper spooky, you know? And I think Ryan picked it up because he wanted all the pieces to use with another game or something. You know how he recycles <laughs> and yeah. kind of builds his own version of the, of the meeples and things that are needed for a yeah. game, kind of customize them. Um, but we yeah. had a really good time playing that. And then that kind of... Um, I think brought us to coming up on the last day and now another mm. change that happened with mm. BGG con. We used to get to Saturday night and everybody would crowd in the hall and they would do giveaways oh, and you man. would get a stack of games, bro, like a stack of games, five or six, you know, $70 games, right? They changed wow. it now that what happens is every, during the day, every day at 10 AM, they post the winners. And then you go to the desk and get your stack of games, which, you know what? That logistically makes the closing ceremonies not an hour or an hour and a half. It is is more efficient, but it's It's less of a spectacle. It's not fun. It was very efficient, but it wasn't fun. They still did some giveaways. And if the goal is... Go on. You know, if, if the goal is to give away games, that is the better option. You're giving away games very efficiently. But if the goal is to have fun while games are being given away, that's not, that ain't it. No, and I think I like the older way better because you did, even though, even though you never win, right? I never win. Um, I did get to see people win. And I got to see people come by me winning. You know what I mean? And it went on for a long time. And you always had hope. You always had hope you were going to be the one that gets called with your ticket. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, every day we would look and we didn't win. So we would just be like, oh, okay. So they did change that part of it. The closing ceremonies were much smaller. We did go and got a space to sit. And this is another kind of con that happened with more people. We're sitting there getting ready to play our game and another couple people sit beside us, maybe three, and they're playing their game. And then their buddy calls them over to this other area that they had more seats or something. And so they get up and leave. They just left all their shit, bro. What? They left their old water bottles. They left, they left their towel <sighs> that they blew their nose in or whatever. They just left their junk and they moved over to the other area. And of course I picked up for them, but I, in, in my <sighs> mind, I was like, this is what happens as things get bigger. People are a little ruder. People are a little less engaged with all the people around them and yeah. they, they do some things like that. So I saw more of that this year. And that's one thing I commented on Ryan. I said, you know, people weren't as friendly this year as mm. they were in the past. Now yeah, I don't know I how many more the tickets last- they sold or if they even sold one more ticket. I, I could be completely wrong that they didn't sell one extra ticket this year, but it definitely had a different vibe. You know, and I wanted to say, I was kind of waiting to hear about how you met random people and played with people nope. from Sweden and played with people from this other, nope. this other area and all that stuff. And you weren't talking about that. It was like you and Ryan played by yourselves on all these games and maybe sat down with one other person because they were demoing the game, maybe, but didn't and, even and we like chatted that. to people like, Hey, what are y'all playing? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you know, we, as we were setting up, we're looking at people come by and yeah, nothing, man. Wow. Nothing. Cause you know, we That's really enjoy sharing games with people. 
That's interesting. I, I, I hope that, I hope that whatever that like little something extra that was present in past years, I hope they get that back. Cause that's, that's a critical part about enjoying a con like that is just the vibe of the people. So I may be wrong. You know, it just, it just may have been that year. So we'll find out next year when we go, sure. how the vibe is, but, but this year getting bigger, which I, I had to have sold more tickets. They were just, sure. They, sure. were, they had to have, there were so many more people there. It seemed like, you know, it, it could just be what it is. Things change and you got to move with change and accept it and um, yeah. still try and find your joy. Maybe next year, maybe I'll get a little more extroverted and really kind of put out the call. Hey, we're playing this game. Come someone, come join us instead of doing that introvert eye to someone. Oh, 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 update on a game. We talked about too many bones last year. And we played a demo in the exhibit hall of Too Many Bones. I had a great time. So we, and we could never get it. It was always out whenever we went to the yeah. um, shelves. This year it was there. And so on the last day, we grabbed Too Many Bones to sit down and play. Holy smokes, bro. Gloomhaven time. Lots of rules. You really need someone that knows how to play the game or invest some time in learning the game via YouTube and that kind of jazz. Also, the cards were really difficult to read. And that might be a boomer thing that uh, there was lots of little, little things to see on the cards that were little. And, you know, we, we, we both at one point just went 30 minutes in. We haven't done anything yet, but try and figure out our rules. And let's be honest, Ryan knows rules. I mean, level three magic judge. This guy right. knows how to read. When I have games I want to learn that I don't have the time to want to learn them, I bring them to yeah. Ryan and go, hey, let's learn this game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because he learns yeah. it and teaches me. So yeah. I have a guy that has a very good record of being a rules understander and how to apply those in, in game mechanics. And um, he had a tough time. And I had a, I was just watching him at one point going, I'm not. Yeah. This and shit out. you know, when you start to get frustrated with a game, you, you, you're kind of already off the you're already off the off the rails. You don't know that you've crashed, but you're like flying through the air off the rails. And I wouldn't that's that sucks. It sounded really cool last year. It sounded very interesting. Yes, and I think it is. I think you just have to have the right person to guide you through it. Mm. I think trying to guide yourself through it with the rule book is dangerous. Yeah, that's that's bad, man. Like I think I think we still need games where the rules make sense so that you don't have to have an instructor. I I love going to YouTube for instruction and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's fair for game developers to expect YouTube videos to appear to help people understand their game, but that should not replace a manual, right? That should not replace good technical writing on how to make your game make sense to other people. And, you know, I think a good example of that is First Martians. That was one of the free games that they gave away Yeah, that we yeah. then played. And again, I really love the way the game is. It is, you know, you kind of set out all these cards and you're trying to come overcome a complex mission and you're, you're, you're an astronaut trying to keep your solar power going. You're trying to keep your hydroponics going. You're trying to keep your oxygen going. So it has that, that pressure XCOM-ish. Do you see what I mean? And you know how yeah. I love XCOM, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very XCOM-ish. Oh, yeah. It's a 6.7 at BGG. Ryan knew the game, and of course, he knows the publisher Portal Games. And as we're learning, he goes, yeah, they kind of have, they're kind of, you know, he'd heard this one has some tough rules 
And we were mm. still able to get 80% through what we needed with the core book that came with it. We, f- we finally looked at a couple clarifications and found someone did a kind of like a wiki on the rules yeah. and they, yeah. they, they included the errata and stuff. And that then brought it home. So, nice. you know, 80% there out of the book needed a little bit of love from the internet to get a few things done. And it, it worked really well. I thought it was a great game. And I, I hope that developers look at those resources, look at those things. What are people, you know, asking questions of on the forums? What are people making wikis for? And then using that to update their rule book, right? Because I think that some developers do that uh, and it makes sense for them to. And I really hope that they continue to do that just so that future printings have more clear rules and you can very quickly figure out which of your rules are not working. For and that's why I love PDF downloads and an mm-hmm. iPad. Because yeah. you get the newest set of rules updated. You got it on your iPad. It's easy to swipe through pages and zoom in and zoom out and use that as a resource while you're sitting at a table. You don't have yeah. to have a laptop in your way. I think that fits in really well. So that was kind of the rundown of BGG Con this year. And I got to say, my overall take is, gosh, it's a little bigger I wish it was back a little bit smaller, but I understand they have to expand to succeed and they have to grow to include more people because tickets were still sold out in days. Yeah. You know, when people don't get a ticket, that's a frustration point, right? And they write a letter. Hey, I didn't get to go to the con. I really wanted to go. This is the con that my family looks forward to every year. And it just sucks that we didn't get a ticket. You know, and you know that con organizers see that and they feel for that gamer who couldn't make it to the con because the tickets sold out too fast. Right. And so they say, all right, well, I need to be able to sell more tickets. Well, for me to sell more tickets, I need a bigger venue. Yep. Right. So I'm going to go to a bigger venue and that's going to give me the room to grow so that I get fewer of those emails. Right. Right. And, and to be honest about last year, packed everywhere. Right. Packed in the main hall. You couldn't barely get a seat. It was packed everywhere. We were able to get a seat in the main hall every time we looked. I kind of wonder if because they were less packed meant that you met fewer people. Oh. You know, like because there is more room, there was less kind of a, well, hey, let's just go find a game because we're not going to get a seat for our own game. Let's just wander until we find a game that has two spots and say, hey, can we join you guys? Right. Right. Oh, there was a small area right outside the um, shelf area where you go check games out. There was a small area right out there. Sorry. Oh, really? Just, okay. Uh, just okay. So there were a couple own. of small, small yeah, areas, but not like my own comments. Not like last year where you had several floors right. of small separate areas. And that, right. that is important. That's an important difference. You know, I I like hearing about board game GeekCon. I really wish that I was able to make it this year. One of these years, I'm going to make it. And it might be like for the cruise. That might be a fun way oh to Oh my do God, it. Dave. I am so down for the cruise, dude. That might be a fun way for us to like, let's go review a, a gaming cruise. And I love that we get to review cons so that people who are interested in going to conventions look us up and say, oh, well, looks like BGG Con just moved. More food options in the immediate area. Slightly different vibe, but sounds like I'd still have a good time. Yes. And by the way, that vibe could totally be just, I hit it on the wrong moments, right? Sure. You may have been giving off some sort of like, don't sit near me thing. You might've been really stinky. That might've been the whole problem. You know, I was having quite a bit of gas that weekend. (laughs) Definitely could be. (laughs) Definitely. My liver was having a really tough time that weekend. 
Um, I, I do. I truly enjoyed it, and I'm going to go next year, 100. Oh, yeah. percent If Ryan makes his way down, I'll go. If I'm solo, I'm not yep. going to go. I'm not going to go solo. But if uh, you know, I have yeah. some buds to go with and stuff. Oh, 100. percent I'm in. Yeah, that's a really good point that this is not a con that you would go. So are there like panels? Are there things other than games to play at Board Game Geek Con? Holy crap. That's a really good question. I don't know that answer, Dave. Let me see if I, I still have the app on my phone. And there's no like there's no like cost to play the games, right? You get your ticket and that gets right. you access to all these things. You yeah, got okay. it. And okay. You have access to okay. every game in their library, which is why you go. Because the game right. library is out of effing control. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't have the app anymore, it looks like. <laughs> well, either way, you're there for the games. You got to play tons of games. And that's what it's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I, I'm glad that you guys went to go again. I, I'm I'm sad to hear that the vibe was a little bit different. It sounds like it's still tons of fun. And you guys got to play a lot of really cool games. Yes. I'm going to definitely link all of those games in the show notes, folks, so you can find them and pick them up or, or look more into them because they all seem pretty, pretty good. I, it didn't sound like you played any stinkers. No, no. Yeah. Too many bones was the only one. And I'm, and I'm not even too sure I'm going to call that a stinker. It's just, we couldn't get started. Right. When we played it as a demo with a, with a teacher giving us, you know, prompting. It was a blast. And I was, that was my biggest disappointment was I didn't really get to play that game again. I mean, I wanted to that and wingspan. Otherwise, wow. What a great time. I, I just awesome. can't, I, I can't wait for next year and I, and I hope it works out and maybe you'll join us. We'll see how that turns out. Yeah. 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 Any excuse to go back to Dallas? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, awesome. Dude, I think next up we're going to be talking about PAX Unplugged. There's a bunch of stuff to talk about there. And this will maybe come out before PAX South. Folks, we are going to be at PAX South. Rich is going to be running games at PAX South. We're going to be sponsoring PAX South. Uh, we are super excited for it. We're like getting the banner printed now. It's going to look super slick. And yeah, that's going to be really, really super fun. Um, I just, yeah, I'm so glad that we get to go to all these different conventions and talk about them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a cool thing. Like, I don't think there's any other show that's really reviewing conventions. And that's one of those things that like conventions are expensive and there's travel and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool to get to talk about the convention itself. And let people know, hey, here's what you get out of Board Game Geek or out of Kublicon or Origins or what have you. Like, it's it's a really, I'm really glad that we get to do this. Excellent. Can't wait for Pack yeah. South to kill players. Well, not like <laughs> literally, but in my game, kill the players. characters because you characters. are not your character. You are not. You're, you are not the character. That is exactly <laughs> right. That's a good rule to live by. <laughs> Thank you, Gary Gagax. Um, all right. Well, everyone who's been listening, thanks a ton for tuning in. As always. Have fun and play well. May all your roles be crits. Thanks for listening. If you like our style, please subscribe or rate, like the podcast within your app. It helps fellow listeners find us. We really appreciate it. So thank you. To join the community, you can find us on Twitter and Discord, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, all under the name High Shelf Gaming. Super easy to get connected and join the fun. This episode is copyrighted by High Shelf Gaming LLC and is not cleared for broadcast or syndication without written approval. The music was provided by Lil Funky on YouTube and our web presence is managed by Amy Nelson. Take care, friends. Music